0: Fred, where does the Black Panther Party stand concerning the weathermen, the SDS? We stand way back
1: from the SDS and the weathermen because we believe that the weathermen action is two actions. It's RIM 2 and weathermen. We think they call them both national action. We think that RIM 2 is national action and is national reaction. You know, We think it is anarchistic, opportunistic, individualistic, it's chauvinistic, it's uh, uh, custaristic, and that's the bad part about it. It's custaristic, in that it's leaders take people into situations where the people can be massacred and they call that revolution and there's nothing but child's play is folly and it's criminal because people can be hurt we say that they're doing exactly what the pigs want them to do when they take people down and, and just do nothing play around and the pigs are prepared for this and they'll wipe all of those young people out we think these people may be sincere but they're misguided, they're muddleheads and they're scatterbrains the only way we can show them is to criticize them like we're doing right now and then leave from here and go to the federal bill and have a demonstration that's the educate, a demonstration that is uh, disciplined and organized, you know. And that's what we're going to have to do, and let them see the example. Tell me why you feel the approach of the SDS
0: weatherman is wrong. I feel it is wrong, uh, just as I said before. No, don't, don't tell me just as you said before. That's why I asked you again. Just answer straight, okay. just in case we use this part. I feel that it's let wrong me, me ask you again.
2: again.
0: Why do you feel that the approach of the
1: SDS weatherman is the wrong approach? I feel that it's wrong because it's pig action. They're doing exactly what the pigs want them to do. They're leading people into a situation where they, it's an astronomical situation too great for the people to deal with. It's a situation where you got a bunch of mechanical pigs with 357 magnums and shotguns and mechanical mace and all that type of thing. And then they're talking about they're going to carry on a revolutionary struggle, that's not revolution, it's insanity, it's, it's madness, it's nostalgia, and it's a massacre, that's a potential massacre, that's what it is. And we don't support that, because we've said all power to the people. All the power is manifested in the people, we don't have any people whose lives we believe that should be thrown away.
0: Has the Weatherman SDS tried to get you to go on their side?
1: Have you met with them, and what happened? We met with the, the Weatherman faction of SDS several times. We've had ideological struggles, and we have ideological differences. So what we did was we had an, uh, we, we, the other faction of SES that agreed with the Black Panther Party called for an alternate action, a well-discipline, uh, action not to provoke pigs, an action not to talk about uh, setting up confrontations with the pigs because the people are not ready for confrontation. These confrontations that they have are premature. They're politically premature, and they're wrong because they commit people in a situation which they're not anywhere prepared for.
0: Well, why do you think the weatherman SDS tried to link the Black Panther Party to its movement?
1: I don't know if it was actually the weatherman of SDS. I'd have to say that it was the establishment press that is nothing but a tool of Warden Nixon's uh, machine. We call him Warden Nixon because the whole world is a penitentiary, and he's just the warden of the whole world. And you see, these people are just an arm that he uses for fascist oppression, you know. And I think today these fascist uh, news media might have did that.
0: Now, briefly, how would you sum up what the Weatherman SDS is trying to do and what you think of what they're trying to do? I'd say that basically they believe
1: that, they believe that white people need to learn how to struggle, that they believe that these white workers need to learn how to struggle through confrontations. i have to say that basically I believe that this is incorrect. I believe that white workers have been struggling. They're some of the most violent people in the world. I believe that what they need is they need a redirection in their ideology and in their politics. They need to know who to struggle against. The workers need to start to begin to learn that their job is to struggle against the bosses. And until they do this, then struggle is incorrect. It's like no struggle at all. We say that if you don't struggle correctly, you shouldn't struggle. But you should struggle. We said that a struggle and you dare to win. Dad not to struggle and you don't deserve the win. But we have to struggle properly. What about the special approach of uh, Weatherman, which seems to be violence? Well, you see, it's, I don't think it's really violence. You know what I mean? I think it's just a lot of politics, a lot of child play. I think that to have violence, you've got to be able to cope with violence, you know what I mean? And that's what the Black Panther see, the Black Panther Party, a lot of people say we're violent. We're, we're a self defense organization that believes that the people should be educated what's going on. We, yes, we do defend our offices and we do defend our homes. This is a constitutional right. Everybody has and nothing funny about that. The only reason they get mad at the Black Panther Party when they do it is for the simple reason that we're political. And they don't want to admit this. There are a lot of young organizations around, but we're a political organization. We're an organization that understands that politics is nothing but war without bloodshed and war without bloodshed. War is nothing but politics with bloodshed. That is just like you stretch something, and it goes. you can stretch things, they're going to be another thing. If you stretch politics so long, it'll be war, and that's where we're at. Well, then why do you feel it's so important for the Black Panther Party to
0: disavow any real link with the weathermen? SDS? I think it's important because there
1: are a lot of people that watch the Black Panther Party, for example. They observe us and participate with us, and if we can be connected up with this, then it would be very uh uh, unadvantageous to the people, and it is very unadvantageous to the struggle, in that people that claim to be revolutionary would be going down roads that they think might be revolution, but in fact they're not roads of revolution. They'll be going east when their intentions are going west. And also it's important because Chairman Bobby Seale is in town. And he's being tried by this fascist judge, Adolf Hitler Hoffman, you know. And he's being tried without a lawyer. And we've got to bring all of the attention and focus on this trial that we possibly can so that people can understand that these people are more capable of building gas chambers than Hitler ever was capable of building gas chambers. And we're going to have to get together. We're going to have to have some anti-gas chamber marches and some anti-fascism marches, and some anti-Hitler-Hoffman uh, marches, and some anti mussolini Attorney General Mitchell marches, and some anti uh, daily, and some anti-Hammerhead-Hammerhead marches. These are the things we're going to have to do. The people need to be educated, if they're educated, we can resist and we can stop this fascism. Okay. Uh, All right. Thanks for giving okay. me okay. the shot.
0: People. Okay. Good. 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 Okay. Okay.
3: Once again everyone, greetings. We live from the plantation. Uh, we started off with a um, with a um presentation of some words being spoken by uh Chairman And um I went and I just found that uh video yesterday and so I was looking at some of the comments and just you know the amazement um that you know, we just stand back in and awe and, and and recollect on the fact that this was a 21 year old man that the government was the government feared, you know, totally because of his organizing, because of his his uh his revolutionary spirit, and um, just some of the things he's saying about organizing and just organizing properly like and and not organizing in ways that put people in harm you know just just sound principles to organizing and things that we all we all can, can can improve on every day and so it's just ironic that we are all here you know so many years later uh since his assassination and we still learn from a 21 year old uh uh man child like for having, with, there's no, um, you know what I'm saying. There's nothing. There's there's no no shame in that. There's nothing wrong with that. Like when you when you when you come to the start, really um, Enter into consciousness and understanding like what what's going on and who the enemy is, and then like you you realize that you know you just a mis, a miseducated person, and a lot of us we suffer from that, and we suffer we suffer from it from a systematic approach. Like we've been dealing with a system that intentionally is set out first to never allow us to, to receive an education. You know, you could get your eyes gouged out, you could be you could be killed if you were on a plantation learning how to read and write. And um, then they gave us inadequate schools, inadequate funding, like they've always had a plan to keep us uneducated. So the fact that we learn it from from anyone, you know what I'm saying, the fact that we learn from anyone period, you know, that's um that's a that's a milestone. Um, and as we continue to put this struggle together From behind this plantation We have to be willing to learn for everyone Before I get off into my little opening note We got a few more people um, in the host key tonight That we're going to be hearing from I know Brother Mika is in, in the house, Brother Mika
4: What's going on, soldier? Power to the people
3: Power, all, all power All power to the people Glad to have you on tonight How you doing tonight?
4: Maintaining man. You know the pigs came, shook me down, hit me hard the other day. Got me got got me down bad, but you know hey, we will we're gonna always shake back.
3: No doubt, no doubt. Pigs being pigs, you we uh daring the struggle. Like you said, you gotta you gotta dare to struggle so
2: uh,
3: uh, who else we got in here with us tonight? Who else gonna be rolling with us tonight? Uh Max
5: Um it looked like brother Elijah was said he wants to get in, but um Oh, hold on, I think I got him. Nine five two oh is coming in. There you go.
6: Good evening fam, how everybody
5: doing? Peace, brother. Peace. I
6: had trouble getting in there, uh um, but I'm in now, so let's talk, y'all.
5: You also got 9147, too, with their mic open, uh, hand raised, 9147. Or not.
3: Okay. Well, we, uh, we're glad y'all took the time to join and sit in with us tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking about a range of things once again, like what's going on, current events uh, in our immediate location, and you're welcome to chime in and share with us and our audience what's going on in your location, wherever you may be calling from, and uh, we can talk about, like, what we're doing to organize properly, as, uh, as uh, Chairman Fred said, like, and there's there's events going on around, like, around this movement, uh, education, like, education is so important, like, we're the parole uh, events coming up, but like you said, we're not coming out there to, uh, to uh, burn the rubber off no tennis shoes. That's not what we're calling people out for. Uh, We're calling people out so we can do some education. There has to be some political education uh, about what's going on, on about the processes that are in place, like what are the unseen hands that are um, preventing us from moving forward. And so um, we'll be having a webinar next Thursday and Friday, 7 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, we being the National Freedom Movement And we're going to be talking about America's the role system And the work that we're doing To uh, create a pathway forward I know y'all have heard me talk about This uh, topic a number of times But we're continuing to expand Our knowledge base Like we had a, um, a meeting this past weekend And uh, the, the, the members Have been doing their research They've been doing their political education And we had a great meeting um, our knowledge base is increasing Just like every week Like we're getting better and better and stronger And more proficient In, 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 in what these people have done to us And um, I encourage everyone To uh, go on our Facebook Fan page The National Freedom Movement You'll see the event in there Join the event Get registered uh, We're going to have on. It's going to be a Zoom webinar We're also going to be streaming live and uh, we want to hear from as many people as possible. We want to see you participate. We're going to try to have as open a forum as possible. Like, we're not physically to come and just – it's not going to be just a monologue. We want to have a dialogue. We want to invite conversations, you know. Um, we're trying to be – we're trying to do our own thing. Like, we're not trying to fit into no models or, or whatnot. We're trying to make sure that we have the best platform available for us to educate and the way to do that is to allow as many people as possible to speak. Um, press one um, so that you can be heard even on this radio show. This is a caller-driven show. Like, we want our callers to press one and come on uh, and share and to be heard and to let us know what you have to bring to the movement. There are no big eyes. There are no little you's. There's just us in here. And we are all struggling. Uh, we're struggling together, and we're struggling for a particular outcome. And we don't care who name is on the banner. We don't care who name is in the bright light because this system don't grant um, rewards for those type of things. Like, you can be the most well-known this, and you can have the most popular that. The system does not grant rewards for that. You don't get free because of that. So um, that's not what we're striving for. We're striving for freedom and freedom only. We want to free all of our people uh, who are being held in captivity illegally. Uh, And kidnap status around the country Uh, We're also getting ready for the April 3rd protest We're getting ready to uh, Come out with more More Organizations are coming out with their locations And and their times and stuff Um, It's just a lot going on We saw JLS make a big announcement um, Coming up in August We're going to be transitioning into that After we get through with our parole event So um, it's a lot Going on now Is the time And um it's a lot of breakaway stuff going on. Like, people want to just, I mean, you just got people that just, in this thing, want to be saying, oh, I'm, you know, the I, the, the ego syndrome. You know, the ego syndrome is alive and well in these movies, and people are breaking away and trying to have these little events to say that they did something when there's more power in unity. Like, we're more powerful when we're all demonstrating and making moves together than when we we'll when we doing these little breakaway sessions. And so everything that we do, like we're doing it with the with the open hand, like we, we're reaching out. We want everyone to be involved. We don't want nobody out there standing alone. Like we don't even want to see an organization out there alone doing an event. Because we know that relative to the system that we confront, your know, chances for success is very small. Like but people who are not in this like he said, when people ain't organizing properly, then they don't even see that because they are not organizing for the people anyway. You know, so well, I just want to add that, like, like we have to, we have to, um, we gotta step our game up too. I'm not gonna preach right now. I'm gonna come back. We're gonna talk about some of these bills and some of the stuff that we're gonna be covering in the webinar. Uh, some of the speakers, and there's still an invitation. If you have a family member. If you've lost a loved one in these prisons, we want to hear from you. We want you to come on and be a part of the webinar uh, dealing with parole so that you can talk about, you know, how these parole board decisions are life-or-death decisions, and then you can make that known to the public so that we have more ammunition to fight these parole boards when we, when we are making these demands. So at this moment, I'm going to turn it over to another one of the calls in Brother Mikael, and then Brother Elijah, follow him. And uh, the the lines are always open. The lines are open from the moment the show starts. Press 1. Raise your hand. Please come on and be heard.
4: Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you, brother. And uh, good evening to everyone. First and foremost, that, that, that opening of the 1969 interview of Fred Hampton with ABC News really, really touched me in a major way because it spoke. So all of the reasons why this man was a threat. He spoke about unified organizing, but in such a way that it had, uh, that it made that it made things happen. But he also spoke about unified organizing in such a way as to not be drastic or do crazy things and endanger people's lives. He talked about organizing, you know, on, on a level that was efficient and effective but also minimize, uh, you know, the people getting hurt and being put in a position where bad things can happen to them. So, and the way that he articulated if you watch the entire video, it's 11 minutes long, you'll see where the guy that was interviewing him stopped him three times and asked him the same questions, same two questions, three different ways, trying to get him to give a different answer. But he still spoke the same truth just in different words. The brother was so eloquent and articulate and bringing the struggle to the forefront that that just highlighted all the points of why this man was a threat. So we got to always shed a light on that because that's what's needed today. That's what's needed right now. Uh, I have a little bit of breaking news up, updates for the people. First, we have this Shadow Track probation app that they're using in Virginia. <clears throat> Right now, currently, 11,000 people in Virginia are being tracked through a new probation app called ShadowTrack. They're trying to eliminate human personnel and utilize the technology to keep us, keep us underneath the, the thumb. Uh, Massachusetts. The Massachusetts Secretary of State, William Gavin, announced Thursday that Malcolm X's childhood home would be added to the historic register. So they're going to be making that a historical site uh, Federal investigators are examining communications Between U.S. lawmakers and Capitol rioters The communications between members of Congress And the pro-Trump mob Includes contacting the days around January 6th As well as communications between rioters Discussing their associations with members of Congress And uh I also, because it's a lot of brothers, like I said, when we doing these shows, I try to stand up in the middle of the dorm, let people hear what we're talking about, or afterwards I go around and speak on the different topics and the things that were said. But uh, I done got into the habit of asking them if they want to say something, if they want something said, everybody don't have a voice or to you know, just jump out there on the radio. But with me uh, doing that, my, my bunkmate said he'd been gone 20 years here in Alabama, And he doesn't have a transcript and can't get one. So they're using an article from a newspaper in his transcript. Just crazy. Uh, The brother Brazil and brother Amon wanted to tell the people that they send out, they they eat their energy, man, and they hope for real unity amongst the people in the Alabama Department of Corrections so that we can bring about real change. That was from brother Amon and brother Brazil. CEO Slum wanted to uh, highlight the recidivism rate. This is a brother who's been back to prison a couple times and he wants everybody to remember and understand that it's up to us in a lot of situations in order to ensure that these people don't get us back in their clutches once we get out of them and to, Pass that information on to our brothers that ain't got caught up yet. You know what I'm saying? So when we get free, we need to stay free, and we need to pass on information on how to stay free and how to stay out of the oppressors' clutches to our fellow loved ones. And that's from the brothers that is on the inside, man. With that, I will pass it to Brother Elijah. Peace.
6: Good evening again, family. This is um, Brother Elijah. Um Every topic that we talk about is a very important topic, um, and I'm glad we have this opportunity to, to do so. And uh, all thanks go out to Mike, Savannah, Benu, Malik, all you brothers, man, that step up and uh, take these chances in doing so. But uh, the topic that I'm basically focused on tonight myself is dealing with what said about this parole thing, man. It's, it, it, in Alabama, it's really off the chain. Because you got brothers in here that has life sentences. And the only way that this brother could be set free, there's two ways that he can be free. That's through a body bag, and the other is through a parole board. So now, if our parole board is dysfunctional, and these brothers are depending on this parole board to exit up out of this prison, then it's, it, it's not very good with the parole board being dysfunctional. And the reason I say that because I'm a brother that has a license. Matter of fact, I have two of them. And the only way for me to transition out of this prison is through the parole board. But I've known that this parole board has been very dysfunctional ever since I've been in the system. And I've known brothers such as myself to do everything possible that they can to try to meet the criteria of making parole so they can transition back home to their family. But it's a lot of work to be done, fellas, because, first of all, that bill one, House Bill 107 um, was supposed to go up for vote yesterday. And that House Bill 107 would actually touch a lot of brothers that has life without and has the life sentences that the only way we can get out is through the parole board. But until this parole board is challenged and something is done about it, man, then it, it's it's not serving anybody that's incarcerated any good. You know, I'm terrified. I waited 15 months for a a parole date, and I finally got it the other day. And uh, I'm really terrified because, not because of me, of what I've done, because I've accomplished some great things since I've been incarcerated, but I'm terrified because of the dysfunctional of the parole board. I've done everything that I could do up under my power to make it out of this prison, but the parole board is not doing what it's supposed to do. And with that being said, and I'm just going to put it out there, is there anything that anybody knows that can be done to ensure that we make parole? And I even took it a little further step um, because I'm really want to go home. So I um, went around the camp and had a, Every officer that I have interacted with in the last 15 years, I had them to, um, to um, sign and saying that, hey, man, this man is a good brother and he deserves a second chance. But anyway, that's what I'm throwing out there tonight, man. Is there anything anybody knows what we can do to be successful in making parole and i with that?
2: All right, I appreciate it. Anybody want to respond to
3: anything they heard?
2: Uh, if you have other
5: updates, information that you feel like it's important You have a couple hands up. Okay, go ahead. Let's bring them on back. 4814, you are live from the plantation.
7: Um, My name is Yvonne Bacon, and I'm currently going and studying prison law, how the prison system works. The parole board, their stipulations, the investigation situations, how all that works, or how it's supposed to work, when you say you have a parole date, meaning you actually have a date to go home, right?
3: Well, what it is parole is like um it's like an early release, like it's saying that right. See, here's the thing. Like, if you get a twenty year sentence, all right. Now, let's say you got when you when you you caught a, a robbery case, you dropped out of school, you smoke, you own drugs, you run in the street, you ain't got no job, you ain't got no driver's license, y'all get kicked. Blah blah blah. Let's say that's your situation when you out in the street and you catch a robbery case. Okay, you come to prison and you don't do nothing. You just keep. Uh, you know, you get into the prison stuff. You start, you keep getting high. You keep getting in the fights. You always stabbing somebody. Okay, at at that point, now we understand that that the system is not set up to help you in the beginning, and they're right. gonna use I, that against you.
7: Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So they're gonna use they're you gonna your, gonna your whole jacket against you.
2: So but you if they gave
7: up, you an outdate they cannot take that back Unless you do something drastic Like kill somebody They want okay, you of course you that's, know
3: That's not true though ma'am. See they're giving you that date At their discretion like I said They're giving you a 7 year or 10 year review date On that 20 year sentence Okay they want to see where right. are you in 7 years Okay if you haven't improved exactly. in 7 years They're going to be like well You got to keep on working out this twenty. But if you show within that seven years that all those issues that you had, that you done fixed them, that you done got into the classes, you done got off drugs, you done got your GED, you done got a trade, you done got every program that they offer to better yourself. But even having that, when you go up for parole, your parole still can be denied. And so that, that incentive to do right, is removed like you have no incentive to do right it's not going to benefit you other than for your personal development it's not going to benefit you as far as the system goes but for yourself it does and so what we're doing what we're working to change with the parole initiative that we got going is we're trying to take that discretion away from the parole board we're saying that if this person has came into the system he rehabilitated himself changed himself and made himself Equally qualified, he can stand on equal footing with anybody in society and say, "Hey, I got my GED, you got yours. I got, my, I went to trade school, you you went to trade school. Uh, I know how to. I don't have a drug problem. You don't have. You know, we're trying to create a person that's on equal footing because these are the kind of people that they say are surviving in society and thriving in society. So we try to create that in these people. And the parole board is still saying no. So what we're saying is that the parole board has shown." that they are not competent and trustworthy and qualified to make that decision anymore. So we want to take that decision out of their hands, and we want to get a a mandatory curriculum established to say that if this person completes this, 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 then when their early release date comes up, he automatically should be granted parole. So that's what we're working on, and that's what we're asking people to get involved to show up for these rallies so we can educate people about what it is that we're trying to do with these parole boards and why what's currently going on is not working. And our webinar that we're going to have next week is going to break all this stuff down. And so we want everyone to be on this webinar and to show up for these rallies so that we can have the education classes that's needed to be effective in challenging the current system. And I'm going to let you finish.
7: I wholeheartedly agree with all of that, and it all do need to be done. But my question was, he said he, the person said he went in front of the pro board, that gave him a date, and he was scared as to, you know, from now to that date, what's going to go on, like, they're going to fuck with him, they're going to give him every reason to, you know, not make that date. That was my question. Is not the whole parole board because the whole parole board is bigger. That's just, oh, it's just sickening. It just disgusts me and makes me angry
2: right.
7: how right. six or four people can could, could tell you that you'd have been in prison for two years, 15 years. First of all, they've never been there, so if they know if you make it in prison six months, you're fucking lucky. And you've got something going for you, but that don't promise you 15 years and they done gave you 190. So the prison system don't have enough shit to keep you guys busy for 190 years if y'all per se could live that long. So why are they allowed to give them type of sentences out in the first place? And then... There's a, well, this guy did his whole, everything you asked him, y'all, sat down, gave this dude 50 million things to do, all of which y'all believed was above his reach and that he wasn't going to complete them. So he completes them and then y'all tear him down when he gets in funny of Y'all have to say, well, you did this, but so what? Uh, y'all told me if I did this, I had a chance of going home. I mean, they tear y'all down and then they expect y'all to go back to them four by six cells and look at them 3,000 motherfucking niggas and be happy. That y'all got to sit there for another 20 years and miss your life when y'all ain't getting no further ahead 20 years later than y'all was the day y'all went the first time. So the parole system is just a joke to keep y'all in there. But some of y'all do go above and beyond and prove to them that we can be changed if y'all help us. If y'all give us the tools to do so, 76% of us is going to take those tools, utilize them, and do something better. I tell people all the time, they lock the smart ones up because they know y'all will fight back. They leave these fucking idiots out here on the street. Because they know they're going to cower down And take whatever But the ones that will stand up And show them and prove to them That they're wrong They find ways to keep y'all locked up For the rest of y'all life So then y'all do shit like y'all doing now Activism We need to find a way to We already know the news is fake Another underground Cynical news thing Where we can just put shit on blast and can't nobody stop it. Bigger than Facebook. Because Facebook shuts the shit down if they feel that they're not going to get no more government money if they let that play. Well, I definitely agree with
3: that. Like, we've been exposed and we've been putting our videos
7: and stuff. Right. And it's funny and you mention that. It they shut down.
3: They shut it down.
7: They cut them off. Uh, they'll do that if horrible.
3: you do it on Facebook. Like, I don't... I
7: don't share on Facebook, and
2: that's why I say it's funny
7: you said that because I, be I can't guys all the time. share on Facebook because I have lawyers in New York that is going after high-ranked people in Mississippi. And when I first came out, people was literally threatening me, sending me pictures of me and my mom, me and my dad, you need to stand down, this is how close we are. So they told me to stay my butt off of Facebook, quit posting stuff, just send it directly to them and let them deal with it. Now, when I came to Mississippi for the rally at Parchman, I had police escort from the time I hit Mississippi line to three days later, I had police follow me everywhere I went. I slept in the worst hotel in Yazoo because the police stepped by my car like, so I ain't have a damn thing to worry about. Every morning when I came out I'm like, thank y'all for protecting my car and saving me some money. Now I'm <laughs> going to Waffle to get some breakfast. Y'all want to meet me there? Shit. Y'all doing <laughs> me a favor because I know I can't speed. I can't turn a corner wrong. I can't do nothing. But what y'all don't know if the minute y'all take me to jail, I'm making one phone call and it was guaranteed to me whoever put me in there was gonna be the one to unlock it, let me out and put they self in there. So I had no worries. They just told me to stay off Facebook.
3: Okay, I well we um, hand, we're gonna we got a there. couple more calls. We wanna we wanna get to a couple more calls. We appreciate you calling in. We be on every Thursday, so I hope you call back. I don't know if this is your first time calling or not, but we on every Thursday, and you are welcome to call in anytime. We appreciate all your comments. Like you got it, you hit the nail dead on the head talking about this parole board. It's a sham, it's a fraud, and that's the reason why yeah. we are organizing to dismantle. So uh, just just join the effort. You know, get involved. I'm uh, in. Get it. in contact with us. All right. Um, Matt, do you have her phone number? I want to make sure I get her phone number after the show so we can get in contact. Uh yes. It's okay, it's okay with her not, All
5: right.
6: All right, thanks.
2: Uh who's the next caller,
6: Matt?
5: Let's try again with nine one four seven. Your mic is open. Nine one four seven. I'm all uh, can y'all hear me? Yes.
8: Yeah, this um Elimba with The Causeway, Louisiana. I'm just sitting here listening. And um, greetings to everyone. And I just want to add this. I was looking at the documentary 13th again for the second time or probably the third time. And I'm looking at how the people that are speaking like Angela Davis, Michelle Alexander, and a bunch of people on there, even Cory Booker, I believe he's a representative from the united states Congress. Wow. And everybody is connecting the dots, you know, with this system of racism and white supremacy that exists in this country. We, and And they do it real well. They're showing the connection between slavery, between the thirteenth you know, the Sea of the Water, Thirteenth Amendment, the Black Codes, kind of leasing, lynching, um COINTELPRO, um the Get Tough On Crime movement and the crime bills and mass incarceration. Everything is connected. So as I'm just looking at all this, you know, I'm 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 also thinking about how successful, you know, this system is, and it's the system of racism and white supremacy is is financed by a lot of millionaires and, and even some billionaires like the Cod brothers and um, the Rockefellers, and you know, so there's a lot of vested interest in the system of racism and white supremacy in this country, and on. On a on the other side, when I look at us, you know, we we have the dots connected, you know, and we have a lot of supporters on the outside that see what we see on the inside. There's a lot of people on the outside that see the Saint Corey Booker, um, a, a, a lot of people. You 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 know this Max, you know, and and, and, and people that's listening. So the, it, it it seems like we We could get parole, we could get pardons, we could get reparations, we could get community development. I believe that we could get all this stuff we want, but I think that you you know how they say putting a cart before the horse you know we 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 have to keep the story together you know and and, and everything that they lay out in that documentary thirteenth. That's our story And it, it, we need to we need to stick to it And the people that's on the outside We need to reach out to them We need to, you know, Corey Booker All these different people And we need to stick to the same story And I believe that if we stick to that same story I believe, because Jay-Z, Nick Neal it's, it's a whole bunch of people that's with it You know, so we just need to stick to this story reach out to the people, you know and and also I think too, that's on the outside to let them know that hey, we you know we we, we are the same feather, you know we we, we see the same thing and, and, and at some point, I think that the the, the the money that we need to be able to um the funding, I think it's going to start coming in coming into it um, this this work that we're trying to do. If we just keep our story together and 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 not you know try to try to um, reinvent you know how they say reinvent the wheel you know I just think we need to just keep you know keep our story together and I think that we could be successful in getting parole and and a whole bunch of other stuff because it's a lot of support that we have on our side. When you say you um,
7: guys um, doing a good job, please, whatever you do, do not depend on celebrities. Do you know how many celebrities also have a stake in y'all being locked up, y'all being incarcerated behind the scenes? I mean, they're all for it on TV. The Jay Z, Young Gotti situation. Do you know when they did their rally in Mississippi? That two thousand of them people was paid people. That they paid to be at that rally. Be careful messing with the celebrities, 'cause not all of them wear the same mask we do. They got the same colors. They got the right idea because they got the money to have the right idea. But we have to tread very lightly when we mess with celebrities because they could be that's willing to to shut us up.
8: That's okay because when I look at it, and let me explain what I mean by that. the This system of white supremacy and racism that exists in this country these people eat off oppressing us. They don't just do this for nothing. They eat. They feed their families off of this. So so and, and, and I'm glad you made that point because you it, it's something it's something I left out and I and I remember what it is now. And it's the the brother Hashima in California. He talks about the autonomous um he, he, he have this concept called the autonomous infrastructure, so, something like that. And it's it's a way where um, and feeling, if I leave something out for Noah Max, if y'all know what I'm talking about, he, it, it's a program of how we could develop our communities and stuff. I think he talks about community gardening and stuff like that. So so all this needs to be a part of our program, too. We need to, you know, right. people need, we, our people need to know, too, that you know, like, like we need to be able, like, to find ways of how we could take care of ourselves. How we could, like, start businesses too. That that's important too because when we I look could at with
7: these businesses in our community, we give to one another. Fuck right. hill figures, fuck right. Gucci. Make our I see motherfuckers in prison make outfits that look far better than Gucci, and they made that shit out of drawers and pillow slips and sheets, colored it. I mean, I would buy it, but we, we, all these organizations, a big pot, everybody put in a dollar, that's a million dollars if we all just get one dollar. We trust each other, so we working for each other. We start bringing the big people in, and they try to dictate us because we don't have the money, and they do. They dangle their million dollars over our head and say, we can do this, this, and this with it, when if we give it to ourselves, can't nobody dangle it over our head. And for the ones that do try to dangle it, we know their motives ain't genuine. So we need to give them their dollar back and tell them to go start their own organization down the road. And the
3: reason why we got all these problems today is because we don't have no independence. Like, we don't, uh, black people are not independent in America. Like, we dependent on somebody for basically all of our basic necessities. And this is what happens to people who live as dependent people. Like, you become oppressed. You become exploited. We be cast in the second class citizenship. And this has been the message like since times immemorial. Like the most I think the most um familiar uh, advocates for our independence, uh, Marcus Garvey and the Nation of Islam and Elijah Muhammad, like these have been part of the teachings that we've been exposed to
2: for eternity. And I'm gonna say this like
3: like people say what they want about the nation of Islam. But, like, the Nation of Islam, you can say what you want to say about the religion, but, like, they grow their own food. They make their own clothes. They own their own stuff. They have their own businesses. They got their own doctors. They own lawyers. They own research team. They got their own everything. You know what I'm saying? And this is what independence, like, sort of looks like. I don't know the whole is, is out of their structure or none of that. I'm not going to try to pretend, like, I know all that stuff. But, like, when you're talking about what the autonomous infrastructure mission and stuff like that, like, these are concepts, like, the, the Black Panther Party, like, we've been exposed to these concepts for a long time, but we still have not had that intensive um, education um that's needed to get to that point. Like but well, we working, you know, we building and we grinding and whatnot. But like that has to be part of the conversation in these movements also. Like we've got to be like, the National Freedom Movement, that's something I talk about all the time. We want to be an independent body. We don't want to be having people coming in, bringing resources, and then when they leave, they take all the resources and we left gutted out. We done been through that enough times to where we should know better now. So, like, infrastructure building and, like Fred has said in the open and struggling properly, it also means structuring yourself properly so that you can be independent so that no one can just, like, pull the rug out of it, like the sister said, with the celebrities. And when you're talking about raising money, like a lot of these grants come with so many strings attached, that when you get the money, you can't really do nothing but go around the scene, by
7: You know, exactly. and so we got to
3: just figure out how can and we take the then you the, the
7: government all in the organization. Now they yeah. to close
3: Yeah, we got to use our talent to these guys in these leather shops, these guys writing books, these rap artists. Uh, the clothing design uh, the,
7: is, is, is There's t- pictures. I see guys post pictures all over. Those are cards. We can start our own card business. Inmates. Hallmark. Black Hallmark. But well, we got to do the work. We got to be willing to do the work. But because we're going to have the white Hallmark saying we're biting off of them. So we're going to have to fight that pattern when they every other place in the world can make cards and just put sweet love on the back. And they're okay. But because we are a black-owned card, we're going to have Hallmark and everybody saying we can't do it. Well, why not? We ain't using y'all names. There's 50 million other places in the world to make cards. So why we the circulation on our cards? And people are going nah, I don't wanna go through all that. That's my I think
3: experience. that um I think that uh independence is important. Um, we're building our platform and if you are incarcerated and you have something you want to um put on the market, we have a marketplace for you. We'd be happy to put it on our in our markets and sell it. And uh, you make a contribution to what we got going on, and then you put the rest of it in your pocket and cut out the middleman. You know, we just trying to build an independent movement, man, because that's the only way we're gonna be free. Like, you don't have liberty and freedom without independence. All that stuff work hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. And so, we gotta be independent. We gotta be thinking independent, moving independent, and uh, that has to be that has to be one of the goals. So what, Max, do we have any other callers at this time?
5: No, we have no one with their hands up. And just a point of interest, if you uh, are not speaking, please mute yourself on your phone uh, so that the background noise won't bleed through. All
3: right. Uh, Brother Mikael, you want to come chime in on some conversation tonight?
2: might be on
4: mute, brother Nika if uh we can't hear you. Okay, can you can
2: you
4: hear me now? Yeah. Yeah we can hear you now. All right, yeah. Uh they pointed out two very key things to the movement. The first thing that brother Elamba kept repeating was stick to the-. Okay. And I learned this last week, uh from callers and brother Max and others who was telling me about the importance of the language we use, slavery, uh, prioritizing our actions and activities around these things and keeping that common, the, the same rhetoric going, the same way they do in reverse. So that's very important Sticking to the same story, what the brother was saying. Right now, everything is anti-slavery. Everything that's going on can be put up underneath the title slavery. So it's very important, like he said, sticking to the same story. This was a problem dealing with our history with the early African-American historians during the Afrocentric era. You know, Chancellor Williams, W.E.B. Du Bois, and others didn't didn't uh, agree on their views of history, so it kind of split up and split up the minds of the Afrocentric people at the time. So you have to stick to the storyline or to the point of the story regardless. And then the other thing was what the sister was talking about, about feeding and clothing the people. I say this all the time, and it's Something I, I want to say came out of the Nation of Islam It said that there has never been a successful movement That did not feed and clothe the people So you want to grow your own garden You want to start growing your own crops You want to start doing things to care for And provide resources for yourself, your community And the struggle Those are the activities that we must immediately engage in And uh, we got to, you know, when we talk about this slave ship And, you know, brother was saying stick to the same story. It was just hitting me in my head. Okay, he was saying about the 13th and about, you know, everything Michelle Alexander pointed out in the new Jim Crow. So we know literature helps us to understand and articulate our struggle. Uh, Martin Luther King and them moved out on the understanding they gained from a book they read called The Mysterious or The Strange Career of Jim Crow which put all of the thoughts and ideas that sat in the back of their head to the forefront with the details and gave them the ability to articulate their struggle. Michelle Alexander did the same thing for us with the, uh, with, with the new Jim Crow. It gave us the details to our entrapment and incarceration in this new uh, in this new you know, established of the, of the slave system and gave us the ability to articulate their struggle. So it's very, very important to understand about having that information, prioritizing according to that information and organizing with that information. I learned this lesson myself, you know what I'm saying? So I'm just reiterating these things so the people here, so the people understand. It is important to make sure that if you are fighting for what we fighting for our freedom, that we're fighting mainly to get the slaves foot off our neck. So when I say get the foot off our neck, I'm talking about the, the slave master foot. I'm talking about the slavery that we're held and bonded stuff under. So if you're speaking about what we're speaking about, we should all be speaking about slavery. And I said, I, before I close out, I wanted to go a little bit deeper with this slave thing. A brother brought to me about the UCC. Now, I've been studying the UCC, seeing where the Moral Science Temple struck out uh, with the UCC and trying to get sovereignty. And so I just took another glance at it. And it's important to understand that every American citizen is a slave to the international banking system underneath the UCC by the national debt. So we back the national debt on an international banking system level. See what I'm saying? Our birth certificates are bearer bonds printed out on the same paper as money and underwritten when we're charged in, in the court of law underneath these laws. So you have to understand where this money is coming from, how they getting $46.20 a day per head, per inmate. Some places cost more. I want to say that the 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 highest grossing uh, prison or jail in America is uh, the, the boat facility in New York, Rikers Island, because it sits on a, uh, whatever that is, a bar, so it costs so much money to operate. They say it's in the high thousands a day per inmate, what they receive for the care of those people. And we know they're not spending that money on us like that. We can add up our meals and clothing to maybe 50 cents a day per individual. I wouldn't dare say a dollar, but, you know, that's where's all the rest of the money going? So this is what makes us a cash crop. Now, some of us are held in bondage underneath this system, way worse than others. And when I say that, I'm talking about those incarcerated. You know what I'm saying? So the people in the free world play a part in this slavery, too just not as much as those who are locked up behind the fence and tied into the criminal justice system. We double-time getting slaves. You know what I'm saying? So I just wanted to point that out, man. very important stick to the same story. We're shooting at slavery. All of these uh, things being done to us fit up underneath that title and stick to that story. And it's very important to see the flow the people. We have to come together, unify, and organize, and, and, and amass these resources. I just wanted to highlight that, but both of y'all spoke on that. And, Elijah, if you can, let me know uh, that parole date that you got. You said you are 15 months and waiting for it. I wanted to know is that 15 months behind the original parole date you got when you came down, that's how long back behind they are?
8: Peace. Okay.
2: Okay.
3: Um... While we nobody alive, so What we're going to do, we're going to be ready to take a break. So we're coming up on the first hour. Go ahead and take a break. Uh, if anybody needs to step away, take care of something real quick, and get ready to come back for the uh, second hour. Uh, live from the plantation. We're coming live from the cages behind the fences and walls of, of U.S. prisons around the country. And um, we appreciate everyone for calling in and just continuing to support us. Like, you know, we don't have a we can't put on a million-dollar production. We can't have the, the bright studio lights set up. We've we got what we got. And so we use what we have to do our best to put the message out to try to reach our like-minded brothers and sisters, and um, hopefully we can come together and, um, and fight back against the system collectively. So we thank everyone for coming and supporting us, uh, for listening to uh, the things that we have to say. Uh, first hour is up. We'll be back on the other side after break, live from the plantation.
9: Where? where? Where are you? Oh, where? I've been looking for quite a while now and you're nowhere to be found. Where? Where are, where are my brothers? When times are so that our sons and daughters are swept up into a captivity not unlike that of our recent America can pass and no one is willing to give their life. For their future's freedom from the traps that lead to this legal addition of slavery All I can do is ask Where are my brothers? Where are my brothers who fought colonialism with the courage of ancient warriors Like Haley Selassie Or help our ancestors die with dignity in the so-called mutinies We call them fights for life Of the Maafa, the Middle Passage Where are my brothers? Where are my brothers who fought with our natural brother The Apaches, Cherokees, Mohegans And all the original peoples of this land Against the non-pigmented invaders from the west Where are my brothers Who fought for those that were tortured and lynched By mobs of these spineless subhuman beasts For looking one in the eye Standing up for family Or just for the sport of it Where are my brothers brothers where are my brothers who were unselfish enough to endure the clubs the dogs, the hoses jailed to ensure that a right as small as riding the bus any way we please was ours or where are my brothers who took to the streets with arms to express the right of every human to protect family, community, property, and liberty. Where are my brothers? Where are those men of times of great need that our community would produce in a heartbeat? Where now are the protectors of our sons and daughters? Where now are the bearers of the torch passed on by generations of great men? I implore all men of you to stand and live the legacy of truth. My brothers, come home. Prodigal son, return. Our fathers, our children, our mothers, our calling. Come home.
3: have live from the presentation we appreciate everyone for joining in we hope you're sharing the uh, broadcast It's being been cast, uh, on social media night we'll be shared across many of the uh, uh, Facebook platforms we want to try to extend it we want to get on Twitter through Periscope so we need somebody to help with that we want to start doing it on, on Instagram Like we want to expand the message uh, continue to get the Dr. message out yes sir
5: can I give a shout-out to the artist? He's a friend of mine. He's connected. Go
3: ahead, sure. Great
5: song. No doubt. You just heard Halisi Moyo, and that was uh, Where? From the 2010 March 4th for Freedom event uh, in dedication to that. Shout-out to my boy, Halisi Moyo. Thanks. All
3: right, well, you, you already know what I'm going to be asking you We're to do, so I ain't even got to say that. Please hold, and you will be able to listen to the show. And uh, what I want to say, man. I say is someone got
2: echo
5: yeah. yeah, mute your phone, please. Yeah. If you have a you're playing loud like that.
2: Okay.
3: I want I, to. You gave a shout out. I was just about to give a shout
2: out because
3: I want to give a shout out to to the lesser known guys. You know, the the, the unsung heroes, guys that are putting in work. Inside these prison walls, that you know people are not familiar with. Like we know all the big names and we know the big name organizations and whatnot. But like, but just the guys who, the guys and the women, the whose names that everybody don't know. Like, there's certain people in a prison. Like you're not gonna have no work strike. You're not gonna have no boycott. You're not gonna have no movement without. There's certain people like that. And those are not the people that all the time people are familiar with. And so these people, they, they don't be doing it for the recognition of none of that stuff. They be doing it for one reason only. They want to be free. And they really everyone don't have a, the same role in these movements. And these are guys that know their roles and know it well and they stick within their lane. They don't they don't get caught up in the controversy. They don't get caught up in the uh the camera chasing. And yeah, you may not never hear them on the blog talk show. You may not see them posting them on, on social media. They on social media. You just may not know who they are. You know, but we know who they are. And, you know, um, they probably, the majority of those kind of people, they ain't even hearing me right now. You know why? Because they somewhere working, building, and grinding in a different capacity to work working, grinding that we're doing right here. And um, I just wanted to give a shout-out to them. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying unsung heroes, but they're really not unsung heroes because in these environments, in these communities, they are not unsung. Everybody know their name. That's what makes them so special. That what make them so unique. And so uh, that's just for all of the people that uh, you know, a lot of times y'all don't know or know about them or something. But like the people that you hear and seeing and knowing, like we are not doing all of the work. Don't don't think that. And we not the, uh, you know, we not the, the big pool balls, and you know what I'm saying. It's just we have a role to play, in. and the same way that we create um, structures that that relies on other people's talent, there are people who have structures created. They rely on our talent to do what we're doing, you know. And it's all working together. So uh, just wanted to add that. Um, I know we still have Brother Elijah and Brother Elamba still in the queue. I want to bring them back on. I know Mika, I had a question for Elijah, and then we want to make sure we hear from Elamba as well. You
4: still in the queue, Elijah?
2: Check to see if
5: you're on mute. yeah what's what's his last four digits? Let me make sure his line is open nine two five oh all right mm, yeah, he's open his line's open,
2: okay uh what about a be money
8: yeah, yeah, I'm here i I had to put the phone down for a minute, but I'm here, <laughs> okay well. So- we were just calling you back in the queue to hear your thoughts on uh,
3: the conversation tonight. And, uh, oh, all right. Um,
8: okay, was it something I missed because I had to put the phone down for like um, a few minutes? Nah, you didn't miss
3: anything. We just uh, we went to break. We came back outside of the break. I was just giving a shout-out the all of the unsigned heroes, people that people don't don't know, they're not familiar with, they most familiar with some of them than others. And I was uh shouting out to the ones that they
2: don't know but who also work you know with us with.
8: Okay. Um well I would like to just add on uh, um, to the to what I was saying earlier to the conversation and say that um I like this the, the, this National Freedom Movement and the, the, this structure we're building and um, in terms of organizing, like you were saying, I think when you were speaking about the Nation of Islam and how they have their own um, everything, you know, and building on that. So I'm thinking, I'm I'm thinking that if we could, if we could have a, a, a you know, because when I study organizations like, um, the Democratic Party and the Republican Party and the structure they have set up and they, committee systems, and how you, you have one committee that may be. That deal with certain issues May be housed And another committee that may deal with water issues Another committee may deal with Commerce and trade And another committee with taxes or Another committee with um, um, Finance or business Or something like that So that's when I, when I think about us You know this national freedom movement And um, And the people that's our that share our interests, you know, and and, 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 and wanting to see um, abolition of slavery, and wanting to see, you know, these, you know, more pathways for freedom to be created for people, um, for our people. I would think that that we should want to do something like that too. We should want to create a committee where um where somebody that's knowledgeable in the area of of businesses and, and 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 related you know things of that nature um to where we could be able to you know start our own um um businesses and, and, and things and, and also I'm not an expert in this area, but I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking how, like, the people that's out there that's successful, that's you know that's that's you know black, or not just black, but even white that share our interest. You know, like, you know, how could we could we create something within our structure that could allow them to sell their products to um. To our people, because you know, when, when I look at this system of racism and white supremacy, it, that's what I see. I see that they, that that this system of slavery, is they they the, the the entrepreneurs that's out there that's selling us, you know, these various products in this prison and in, in the prison canteen, they. We need to figure out how you know, like, like, like how that how that works. How how did they do that? Because we need to do that too. We need to create some kind of structure within our system that allows people on the outside, the entrepreneurs that share our vision of society and the world, to be able to sell a products to our people and and, 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 and and um and that way I think that um we could be able to um to um hopefully um have some you know some 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 you know get them get get them to be able to to um invest in this idea of, of, of a national freedom movement yeah I mean now,
3: um like we on the inside, like I don't think people just understand. Well, it ain't no thinking. I know people don't understand. Like when we talk about poverty, like people don't understand the poverty level on the inside of a prison. And so when we when we talk about organizing and doing these kind of things like that, like our ability to and it's not to say that we can't do it because I don't want to make. 'Cause I I definitely don't want people to think that like guys on the inside because I'm gonna go back to a report. In two thousand seventeen Brian Stevenson of the Equal Justice Initiative issued a report. He said that people in just the Alabama prison system alone spent three million dollars on 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 the collect phone calls and twenty four million dollars on the canteen store. Now that's just those who not getting sending packages. Uh, not the, the the cash apps and the green dots, which we know is a way larger financial market than the store and in the, the cash app. Like we got resources, but like our ability to access that level of, of, of education on a large scale is limited. Like it's hard to get books in, it's hard to get pockets. it's hard to get exams. A lot of this stuff is difficult, and, like, this is where outside support becomes important for us to be able to do that. But, like, we don't have access to job fairs. We don't get to share our ideas, and we don't know what a non-disclosure agreement is, and we don't know how to get our LLC and stuff like that. On a mask, scale. Yeah, that don't mean that people don't know how to do it at all, and it don't mean that some people are not doing it. But, like, when you're talking about, the level that we're on, like, our education is not at that point yet. Like, we're still struggling with getting people GEDs and and trades and stuff. But at the same time that we're doing that, those people and all of us, our lives are at stake every day. Like, so there has to be a sense of urgency in all areas of what we're trying to organize in these prisons around the United States. So that's why we issue this call, like, if you got somebody in prison, please get involved in one of these movements, uh, so, uh, movements for, for change. Get involved in something, like, because the needs are just, you know, we have needs across the board. But if everyone just gets involved and, and, and feel the capacity that they're able to feel, we can put a structure together and end this thing. Because without that structure and without those resources, like, the, the amount of time that it's going to take for us to build up to that scale, like, you'll be dead by the – it's like you'll be dead. You're building a, a mansion that you will never get a chance to spend a day, and then you're going to be dead, and then it's going to come down. It's got to start all over. So we're just trying to, to get more people to get involved and understand, like, why it's important for us to come together and why the time is now because the, the potential for death has never been greater with this pandemic and these drugs that they got in prison. The the possibility that someone that you know is in prison can lose their life has never been greater than it is right now. And I'm not speaking for all the prison systems, but I know what's going on in Alabama. But we know what's going on can change, but only we can be those agents to change. They're not going to change it.
4: Bruh, being new they are uh, they about to count but I wanted to speak on the consolidating the resources because it's very simple for us in the prison system to do this and what people need to understand is hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars flow through this prison system every year you feel what I'm saying thousands of thousands of dollars every month some people are grabbing that money people that are grabbing that money do so in consort in concert with their loved ones on the outside. What I mean by that is this right here. You know, a lot of times people can't catch the store and they buy their food off of the land. See what I'm saying? So we need to consolidate them resources the same way. It's nothing for us to put... $200 Two hundred dollars on a book and buy food with that two hundred dollars, and that two hundred dollars worth of food produces three hundred fifty to four hundred dollars that can be used for the movement. Little stuff like that to start off with would be a platform to start that economic movement for us on the inside. <laughs> Did
2: you catch that, Bino? I did, I did,
3: I did. Okay. I mean, I think I heard you say you were go to. I was getting getting ready to call Elamba back on because I, I know he was uh, expressing expressing something. I just wanted to chime in on that part of what he was saying. I'll, I'll
5: bring years. him back in. I've been muting him because <clears throat> he's got a lot of background noise going on. So I mute him until you know you guys are finished talking. There you go. Okay. Okay. All right. Um... <clears throat>
8: Um, i'm just I'm just you know thinking sitting here thinking about you know cause i'm I'm pretty sure we all know if these people you know they're selling us um all these products in here you know we just think about you know just this whole system of slavery if they weren't able to sell us anything I don't think I just wonder how think how this system would look like if they weren't able to sell us nothing you know you know the soap the the different hairs, skin skinning. And hair products, they sell us the foods and stuff that they sell us in here. They just, they making a killing. You think they made a killing back then with the cotton? Shit, they making a killing, and they, but it's, um, so I, I just wonder, you know, like, like if, if they, if these business interests, if these corporate interests, wasn't able to sell us anything, you know they they probably the system probably wouldn't hold up you know so I just think that it's important at some point I don't know when but at some point you know that we come up with some type of economic program because the this system is the system of slavery been around for a while and I'm talking about just right here in this country right here and 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 it's it's going to take a lot of support from the inside and the outside, you know, to be able to dismantle this system, and to be able to get the economic interest, the business interest on the outside, to get them involved. Just like our oppressors was able to get the business interest involved, you know, they they had to show them that well, look, if we get them on the plantation. Then look, you you know you are gonna be able, to, we gonna you know we gonna set it up to where you could be able to sell your products. And so when they seen that, they jumped on that idea. They they jumped on it. So I think we just need to be thinking, not just you know, and and you know we need to be thinking about like how we could make something like that happen. You know. And that's all I yeah. to have to say for right now. Am I now. still
6: muted? Um, am I muted, Mike?
8: No, you
6: want not no, no we oh, right. oh, okay, well, good, good, brother. And if y'all don't mind, I'd like to piggyback off what the brother please just said, man,
9: because please um,
6: please. as y'all know, um, our system been down for a while, right? And um, over the last week, we wasn't able to catch store or the snipe line. So when they brought the system back up Sunday for us to catch the store and stuff, man, I just wanted to say, brother, man, I was, I, I, my, I was, I was discombobulated because of the number of brothers that was out there in the snipe line to spend this money. And I'm looking at how many people was out there and I'm looking at all this stuff come, coming outside of that little bitty small window where um, they passed the, um, the stuff out and we put it in our laundry bag and go back to the dorm with it. I'm looking at all these stuff th- because I was way in the back of the snipe line. And I'm looking at all these thousands and thousands of dollars that's being spent by incarcerated people. And I'm looking at the spending power that we have, man. We've got tremendous spending power. And then what makes this thing so mind-boggling to me, when I first entered Alabama penal system in 1994, we was allowed to get packages from home. Whatever we needed, our people sent it from home, whether it was um, clothing, whether it was um, hygiene, or whether it was food products. We was allowed to get four 25-pound boxes every Christmas. We was allowed to get uh, incentive packages every few months. So all this stuff was coming from home. And before they ever even came over the first program, where we had to start buying this stuff from this company, man, I sat back and I analyzed this thing and I analyzed, I said, Oh my God, I'm looking at all these boxes that I was getting along with all the other guys that was in the dorm with me. And I'm looking at all this shampoo, all this soap, all these food products and all these uh, clothing um, items. I'm like, man, this is a lot of money. And I thought about it. I said, man, if I had a company where I can make, you know, and and, and supply this penal system with this stuff, man, it'd be making hand over fits, and I'd be doggone if it wasn't a year or two later that these people stop us from getting these packages and start coming up with these companies because evidently somebody saw what I saw. And ever since then, man, it's just a a, a billion-dollar industry. It's a cash cow. And the sad part about this thing is, man, they sell us all this stuff that's no good damaged product that nobody else wants that they can't sell in the street. We can buy shoes off the package and they already got, uh, um, the sole is coming to loose from them and you can't return them and all this. It, it's just crazy. So I was just looking at the amount of money that's being spent inside of these prisons, man. It is mind-boggling. And I'm very um, um I, I go in our, our uh, store a lot and I, I communicate with the, the store manager because she's been here uh, probably almost 20 years. I've been here 15. And I sit down and I talk with it sometime. And do you know they told me for the last three months in a row that the canteen and Sniteline had made $230,000 per month? So we talking about three months. We talking about three quarters of a million dollars, y'all. That's a lot of money. But we talking about one camp. So now if you combine all these camps in the state of Alabama, and, brother, to, 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 to hit on what you were saying about, about how can they – they wouldn't be able to survive. If we were to control our spending, brother, the system would crash very quickly. And I just wanted to say that, man, it's, 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 it's mind-boggling how much money that we spend inside these prisons. And I know I've been incarcerated, been back on a technical violation for 15 years and, man, I can tell you, I have spent thousands and thousands of dollars in nothing to show for it. nothing to show for it. And these people are getting richer and richer and richer. And if nothing else goes on in this prison, somebody could get stabbed and die in this prison. And it used to be a time that you even got, if there was somebody got stabbed, they would shut these lock these camps down for a month, a month at a time. But now, if somebody gets killed, do you know they're going to run that store and that night line? It's not going to stop. If nothing else functions inside these prisons, here where I am, the store and the nightline line going to run regardless. But anyway, brother, if we, and to make, to sum all this up, we are funding our own incarceration. We are truly funding our own incarceration. And I just wish it was something that we could do to kind of bond together and, and, and come together and say, hey, man, let's put on brakes or something. But I, I really don't see that happening. But anyway, brother, if we wasn't spending this money, wherever you are, wherever I am, the prison system couldn't stand. And I'm pleased with that, fellas.
3: Thank you. Next on. Oh. If you can, I want you to add some context to that because really that that part of what he just broke down, we know that's a part of the platform and national freedom movement, the work strikes, the boycotts. The boycott of course goes right at the heart of that. But when he's talking about these people having us under their custody and we can only spend our money with them, I don't know if it was in sharecropping or if it was actually on the slave plantation, but it probably was on during the sharecropping era. Because I don't think we had, I don't know. But if you could speak to it, but like, that was the exact same setup that the plantations were uh, for our ancestors. So this is something they pray. This is a model that they've had for a long time. Can you speak to, like, just some, little, you know, some historical facts on that?
5: Yes. As a matter of fact, in 1888, when Frederick Douglass denounced the emancipation as a stupendous fraud on the anniversary of the emancipation in Washington, D.C., he went into an explanation of why. And in that explanation, he talked about a trucking system that had uh, people locked into peonage, where you could only buy your goods from this uh, system of white supremacists who would overcharge you, give you bad and rotten goods for twice the amount, and also treat you like an animal uh, just for daring to shop into their stores. Uh, the people had no recourse to get their goods and services from elsewhere. They were overcharged and forced into poverty because of it. They could barely make a living doing anything in the sharecropping and peonage system. Uh, So that was happening on the outside. What you're seeing on the inside is virtually the same thing. They call it a captive customer base, where the customers have no choice but to be customers. And so you'll find many, many goods and services in the prisons that aren't found on the outside world example would be some potato chips that they have in there. They're only sold in the prisons. Uh, I believe is, it, is it, it's not Nike, it's a Reebok, isn't it, that has a contract with the prison system where you have to buy those Reeboks from the prison for X amount of dollars. Uh, so they treat you like a captive audience. You hear it when you use your phone, on the regular phone that they have there to call up and there's a Nextel in the back going you know, uh, you have one minute left and then it's what is it? for the next five minutes or something like that. So yes, you're being exploited while you're in there. The brother said we're paying for our own slavery, and that's the sickness of it. He's right. You're paying for your own enslavement, not only on the inside but also on the outside. Everybody who pays taxes is paying money for these uh, Department of Justices to do what they're doing to you right now. Can can I add a little something
2: else over before?
6: Definitely. What you mean? Can you add? You a co-host, man? Come on with it. <laughs> okay, well let me <laughs> come on with it. Y'all, I'm gonna take y'all back to my little childhood, right? I remember coming up here in Alabama and uh, spending the summer with my father after my, him and my mom divorced. Um, and he called. My dad used to call himself taking me and my brothers to earn money, and which you know was exciting to me at the time. But what stood out to me most, even when I was a and 13-year-old adolescent, when I worked out in the fields for this man, because what we did, we was um, in the pea field, uh, in the watermelon patch or something like that trying to make some summer money for uh, summer vacation. But when it came time to come out of those fields at lunchtime and to eat, sit down, and get some rest and eat at lunchtime, we didn't go home, which I thought we were, what we did was went to the, and I'm going to say slave master, because that's what it was, because I'm looking at his, his house, it looked like a slave plantation for real. But what we did in, to eat, we all sat up under the tree. First, he would load us up on the back of his pickup, and he would take us down to his house where he had a store that had a gas station, had uh, gas pumps and all this other stuff. And we would go in this store, and we would, take out stuff that we wanted to eat for lunch. At the time, I didn't know that this money that I'm, the the cookies and drink that I'm getting was going to come out my paycheck at the end of the day. So, you know, after I thought about this situation, I'm like, damn, this man got us working for him. But then we got to turn around and spend the money right back with him to eat lunch. So, you know, it's, so it's been going on for years, man. And it's still going on today. The slave master has set it up where we got to by everything through him, and, and that's just like going back to slavery with our grandfathers and, and, and our great grandfathers and stuff. When they say that slavery had ended, so now when you, when our grandfathers and great grandfather was called so supposedly set free, where were they gonna go? What were they gonna do? They didn't have anywhere to go. They had no home to call their own. They had no cars, no nothing. So now, I'm picturing my great grandfather. With his wife, my great-grandmother, and their children being released from the slave plantation with nowhere to go. So now, if he ain't got nowhere to go and this man can't feed his family and he's a man, he's going to do whatever he got to do to feed his family. So now you got to go back to Master House and try to steal a chicken or a hog or something. So, man, it, it, it's, it's just crazy how that they got this thing all set up. And, and set, like you, like Benu said in the beginning, it's set up from the beginning to fail for us to fall. And I just wish, man, I just wish we can all just unite and wake up, man, and just say, hey, man, enough is enough. And we stop talking about it and start putting some action forward, man. And we all know that in war, in battle, there's going to be bloodshed, there's going to be loss of life. And that's nothing new to us because our blood is still being shedded and we're still losing our life. So why are we still sit here talking about these situations rather than to attack these situations? And I'd just be glad when we wake up and do so, and I'll peace with that.
3: just want to remind everyone you're listening to Live from the Plantation, uh, this is a blog talk radio show that's uh, produced, directed, and co-hosted. Uh, by people who are currently incarcerated. And uh, we're giving you a new perspective and our thoughts, sharing ideas and experiences uh, from behind the walls and inside the cages. And we appreciate everyone for coming and listening to our show, uh, sharing your insights. We encourage you to press one. Uh, tonight, we're uh, simulcasting, uh, first and foremost, we're simulcasting with Brother Scotty Reed and Black Talk Radio Network. That's correct, Annie Max. Yes, sir. We're simulcasting with Black Talk Radio Networks around the world. Um and uh we're also simulcasting on the CIA controlled SBI platform. So we're also on, on, on uh Facebook and we wanna we wanna go further. We wanna we wanna go to, to the YouTube, we wanna go to Twitter, but I think you have to have Periscope. So in order for us to do to do our uh YouTube, we're going to have to have someone to, to, to get involved in the system. Same thing with Instagram. If we're going to be able to do it on Instagram, we're going to need someone to, to, to get a phone and to go on and, and play the broadcast through the phone and start the live. But like, we're, we're putting out uh, requests for help. We're trying to expand uh, the reach of our message uh, so that we can continue to build our movement. We're building a movement uh, on the state level. You got individual organizations building. Inside their states and on the national level, where we're trying to bring all these things together, you got several different inside-led organizations building like that. Like this is a new day in organizing. This is not um, organizing to to get gym call or nothing like that. We organize for freedom. Uh, We doing uh, political education all around the country. And uh, everyone's playing their role. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have people out front. You're going to have people behind the scenes. But everyone's on the front line. Like, people are not uh, running from that front line no more. You got people that's on the front line, toes dug in, and they they Mm -hmm. want not smoke. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, that's what we got going on right now. And we're organizing. And we're trying to break this thing down real simple so people on the outside can understand what it is that you're doing that's making this situation worse. Uh, we've been organizing boycotts. We do it in stages. We're not asking you to stop taking care of your loved one or none of that. But what we're telling you is that if everybody's eating the same three meals coming out of their kitchen today, we'll be all right until we get our problem solved. Like, no matter how long. The Montgomery bus boycott was like 370 some days, it was well over a year, 380 some days. I forgot the exact amount. Like it was not a one week event, it was not a one month event, it was over a year long, and in the end they got what they wanted. And when you applying pressure on the system and you really want something, you ain't gonna, there ain't gonna be no quick fixes. It's gonna have to be long term, sustained, determined, dedicated, um, um, sacrifice. So the fact that you know, and and a lot of guys, you know, unfortunately it's a lot of it's a lot of boys in prison. It's a lot of it's a lot of people in fully grown, fully developed male bodies, but the the education part is is lacking. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we're working on. And so when we are when we in that process, like when we asking these guys to give up canteen, like everything on the stove is bad for you. If you read a health book, everything they sell on the stove, the soups are bad for you, the potato chips are bad for you, honey buns are bad for you, the oatmeal cakes are bad for you. The uh, the artificial ingredients is bad for you. Like it's just a bunch of junk, and we're spending millions and millions and millions of dollars on this junk. And this junk is addictive. Like that's what's the problem. There's a book called African Holistic Health. It tells you that a lot of the chemicals in these foods are addictive, like drugs. And so that's what people be. It's not that people just enjoy or love this food. Some of us are gonna develop addictions in our bodies our health has got to the point where, like, we got to have it. And so, like, we're dealing with a lot of things. But people on the outside can help us. And this is how you can help us. You can help us by saying no, I ain't sending no money this month. No, I ain't accepting no phone call this month. I'll buy you a book this month. I'll buy you a couple of subscriptions to Black Enterprise or or the San Francisco Bayview or the Burning Spirit or the, uh, uh, the Power Paper or you know, or, or whatever. Or I'm going to buy you the new Jim Crow. Like, spend that money investing on improving that person when we call them for these uh, boycotts and work strikes. You know, Billy and Johnny going to be all right just because they can't catch door. Most people have serious, serious drug addiction issues inside of prison. Like, every drug that's on the street, there's, there's like, two different variations of it in, in, in prison. The kind that they was bought on the street and the kind that it was converted to when he got in prison. It's like two different variations of every drug, and all of them are worse than what's, what's on the street. And so what we're asking for people is that to to think about things, like, outside the box. Like, not just, oh, i got to send this money to my baby my son needs. Think about what your son needs to get out of prison, not to be comfortable in prison. Start thinking about what is it going to take the same amount of money. You ain't got to spend no more extra money. If you, if you used to spending $50 a week, then buy two books during the week that we call it for a protest. If you used to a $100 a month, then buy $100 worth of educational material um, for the next month. And then you can get back on, on track the month after that. But some sacrifices are going to have to be made. Some of that money is going to have to be taken out of other systems in order for us to shrink the system. Otherwise, it's going to keep growing. These new prisons that they're talking about building around the country, they're going to fund them with free labor and this, and this money that we talking about tonight, with these canteens and all this other stuff, the, uh, collect phone calls. they going to have technology all around them where trying to keep cell phones from working in them because they want that collect phone call money because they know that when you hold someone, Someone's family member, loved one, or their child, or their husband, or their daddy, or their brother, that there's somebody going to pick their phone up and and, and see how they're doing. And they monetize it. They monetize our pain. They monetize our love. They know how to do all of that to make money off of it. But we got to stop playing the game. Like, even though we love, you know what I'm saying, we got to say, hey, it's got to be a sacrifice. It's got to be a sacrifice. And until we get to that point, you know, these problems ain't going away. And uh, we organize them. We have a webinar coming up, like I said, um, next week, the uh, 11th and the 12th and the 13th. We'll be hosting a webinar. We'll be broadcasting it live. And we're going to be talking about reinstating federal parole. We're demanding that federal parole be reinstated. Uh, It was taken away uh, when they were just kicking off this uh, war on drugs. And they were making this plan to fill these prisons up with black people. And then it's turned brown, and now it's turning white. And these prisons are filled, and this pandemic is, is, is wreaking havoc inside. It. And we demanded they real estate parole and let some people go. You know, they keep talking about this damn pardon process. and They, they complaining about who all Trump-issued parties to. We saying change the law. You know, the people with these, these – we've seen stories of men and women, especially women, we've seen so many women – with 20, 30, 50, 60, 70 years um, in these drug cases, and they don't have a way out. And they depended on President Trump to sign a pardon. he ain't signing them like that. We know Joe Biden ain't finna to sign no parties. So we got to apply pressure to change these laws. And that's one of the laws that we change. We want mandatory parole brought back to the federal system. And then, and then we want a mandatory parole criteria set up all around the United States. If you if you've been in prison for fifteen or twenty years, it's time to go. It's time to go. It's too dangerous. It's too much. It's too dangerous. The conditions have been on and the government owes us. Like the government has done uh, injustice to the people. The government set up a domestic war called the war on drugs, and they went in and and, and, and waged a war against in the inner cities and poor communities. And they got dead bodies everywhere. They put guns everywhere. They put dope everywhere. They use propaganda, and they turned us against each other. And we've been killing and killing, and they've been killing us. And they've been locking us up, and they've been giving us the death penalty, and life without parole, and, and eighty years, and two hundred years, and five hundred years, and life sentences in the feds. That people ain't recovered from, it. and they are wrong for it. They carried out a union, and so when you think about all of the blood that they just see, all of the bodies that are piled up, they can say, "Oh, we don't want to change the law and let these folks out. They got this kind of crime." They didn't. We saying, "Look at your, look at, look at what you done did. Look at what you done did. Look at how many people you done killed. Look at how many innocent people. We just saw Nathaniel Wood. They just executed this man. He didn't kill nobody. He was innocent. They just executed a, a, a mentally ill person." And trying to, to execute another, like, they are not in a position to argue with us about who we say saying should let go based on what they've done. And so we're saying that on the federal level, if you have a loved one, a family member, someone that's incarcerated in the federal system, get involved. I'll link up with the National Freedom Movement. Our contact information is one national freedom Movement at gmail.com. And yeah, um, that's what we organize. We're trying to get this federal parole back. And um, we also want a mandatory parole criteria because the parole boards, they're not going to do the right thing. They don't care if you've been like the 20, 30, 40 years. They don't complete. If you've completed every program. These guys have got their master's degrees and everything. Just These people are ready to go out here and be be world leaders. And the parole board saying, no, nah, or the crime you committed 30 years ago. Well, that's what he got that master's degree for. That's what he changed himself for. That's what she uh, took. That's what she took those classes for. You know, that's why she got that associate's degree. That's why she got that GED and then when they got that diploma. That's why people doing the things they don't and the parole board still saying No. And so we gotta take that decision out of the parole board you know. So just wanna put that out there, you know. We uh we're trying to make a change, but it's gonna take everybody to do it. You can't do it, you can't do it in isolation. It's gonna take everybody, and that includes you, the, the person that's listening, and the people that listen to you. So it's gonna require you to share this information and help us um um, you know. Fix this broken parole system and create a pathway to freedom that's guaranteed and not based on
2: no discretion
3: or no parole board or none of that. And we can deal with the pandemic. We can get some. We can get uh, uh, in Texas. I think it was Savannah's on. She could tell you about the parole bill that they got in Texas. Like, these issues are being addressed, but they're being only addressed in certain places. We got to go, we got to organize this national freedom movement and start applying pressure on Congress. As I made the point. Other than we we'll make it tonight, when we mobilize against the United States Congress, we only have one institution that we have to put pressure on in order to get a law passed. And that's the U.S. Congress. But when you mobilize it on the state level, it's 50 different states that you're trying to get to change an opinion. Like even with our even with our fight on the slavery issue, like if if, if we can find a state that's willing to abolish slavery, <clears throat> I'll find a state well that's great. But if we can get the federal government to abolish slavery, that's the only institution we need. They can abolish it and say that it's illegal in the United States, and every state is automatically abolished from it. From, from. So, just from a practical point, it makes sense that we target the U.S. Congress in our movement nowadays instead of just the state level. We have to target if I, if I, the
5: federal if level. I may, bro, yes, sir. There's a little Go bit ahead. of misinformation in that. Uh, and I'm saying that because we have to target the states because in order to amend the 13th Amendment or to re- to repeal or replace it, we have to have three-quarters of the state's representatives on board. And so by going to the states first, we're we we're building those relationships so when we do get to that point where the states have to vote, we've already got three-quarters of them on our side. Okay, well, then let me ask a question then just to make sure
2: I
3: understand what you're saying. Okay. Well, first, what I'm saying is that when the 13th Amendment is passed, then that right there bars the state. The the supremacy clause makes that the supreme law of the land, the 13th Amendment. So if the U.S. Congress passes it, it becomes the supreme law of the land. I know that's correct, but just just making sure we clear on that,
6: right?
5: That is correct, unless the state itself has some different amendment that counters it, and then they would be... Uh, in the same condition that we have with marijuana laws, where in some states it's legal and yet it's illegal federally. Uh, so states are okay, well, not right. something else. No, no,
3: I think you're wrong. I, I know there was something. We, that, that I think that, that you're wrong on that point, but there's no problem. You don't have to argue about it. We can research it, but, like, the, the, I think the opposite is true. Like, if the feds had made it illegal, then it would have been illegal on the state side. But like I said, we don't have to argue. Go back and forth on that. We can just finish up this conversation after the call. Um, but the 13th Amendment to the United States Constitution bars practice of slavery. And this is my position on it. You, you say I might be wrong. I'm saying I, I don't think I'm wrong. The 13th Amendment prohibits the practice of slavery. That bars any state from practicing it because of the Supremacy clause. Article 6. The United States Constitution says that the United States Supreme Court law is the supreme law of the land, so the states cannot override that. On the flip side, the federal government is saying that certain drugs are still illegal, but then we have certain states that have made a decision to say that they're legal on the state level, so that's just basically saying that a state can abolish slavery within that state, but other states can continue to practice it. the federal government still allows it under the Thirteenth Amendment, but if the Thirteenth Amendment is, is uh, repealed and replaced and says that it's illegal in, in any state or all
5: jurisdiction, then it doesn't matter what a state law says. It's over with. That's my that's that's my. Prefer- well, you know, I, I don't want a bunch of people that are organizing in their states to be disheartened and think that they, they're doing it for nothing. We we definitely need them to amend those constitutions as they're doing uh, because we're going to need this support later. How, however it makes out, we're going to definitely need those states on our side.
8: Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. I, I agree, Max. Can y'all hear me? Yes. Yeah, we can you you got, go ahead.
5: Yeah,
8: yeah, yeah I, I agree with Max was saying, and I agree what you were saying too. Um the new there is the Supremacy Clause and Justice um Sandra Dale O'Connor before she passed away it was a case but I, I, I can't remember the case and, and she spoke about the Supremacy Clause and she said whenever the United States Supreme Court says says that um makes a ruling on something then that's the law of the land. So
9: you you are
8: um correct on that.
3: And I know what Max is saying. Like, until we get to the point where we can abolish it in that way, like that right. doesn't mean that we should not be abolishing it in states that are red. That's like, right. If that's we what have the ability I agree with to Max. Do, yeah, I think that's what Max. I wouldn't. I wouldn't discount what people are doing on the state level, Max. I'm just. I was just. I was just making the point that like we we have a slogan of saying that none of us are free until all of us are free, and so all of us have become free on like the federal level. And on the state level, like we can get it done in certain different states. But like he said, it's going to take so many, it's going to take more states um, when you get into the repeal process. And that's what Max is talking about. He's talking about the process that it takes to repeal right. and replace a, a constitutional amendment on the federal level requires two thirds of the states' approval. You know what I'm saying? So. You, you, you're not going to have one without the other, basically what Max was saying. you know, And right. I agree with that. You're not going to be able to do it without the two-thirds majority of the state voting. I agree with that. But the only point I was making is that if we attack it on the federal level and 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 get it amended, that's one body that we have to challenge. But if we try to attack it on the state level, like, that's 50 different bodies that we got to try to find You know what I'm saying, but we still gonna have to do it anyway. You know what I'm saying. In the end, we're gonna have to have at least two thirds of it anyway, even to do it on the federal level. And uh, so, our work is cut out for us by any measure. You know, our work is cut out for us by any measure. None of the work. Yes.
5: We did the math the other day, or rather, Bianca Tyler did the math for us, and we have 30 states that are involved in abolition. And with 30 states, we're still short ten senators. So we gotta get like forty states on board in order to get their thirteenth repeal. Just wanted this is not to let you know that's radio
2: speaking.
3: Yeah, we not just blog talk radio speaking right now. Like what we're talking about is something that literally well, we can't say it's never been done. Like, well, we can say it's never been done because there wasn't this many done. states in the union when it was done. It's never that's been done. Like We're talking about doing something that's never been done. Like, they've never had enough votes to do what we're trying to do. So that lets you know that uh, this is not a job for the fainting heart. But in the meantime, stop funding the system. Show up for these uh, uh, protests and rallies, the ones where some education is going to be taking place. And uh, do your part. Do your part. And uh, we're going to, I guess I'm going to let the brothers in the queue close us out. we got Elamba, Elijah, Mikael and Either one of y'all want to uh, say something before we close out? Yeah, brother
2: Elijah
6: want to say something. I just want to send out a warning real quick, brother. Um, Y'all remember uh, when you said,
5: Oh i was my fault. Repeat it. Say it again. Sorry okay. about that. But uh anyway fellas,
6: just a warning going out. When uh when we first started getting real popular with these cell phones, y'all know that um the phone company inside this t- the prisons the institution took a big beating, man. They took a real beating. Um nobody was ever hollered using the phone system. So now they done got real smart. They got a real smart at coming out with these tablets. But I'm sending out a warning about these tablets, y'all. Um people, if you got people on the inside that you're putting money on their wall phone, please be mindful about what you put on there because the more money you put on these wall, wall phones, they're using them on the tablets. Everything you do on these tablet, it costs, and it costs greatly. Um, so they coming back with Avengers, man. So I don't know how many camps throughout Alabama system have the tablets already, but I know they're here where I am. And for, in order for you to download a movie and to um, listen to some music, um, it, it's just expensive. It's almost $20 just to do a movie in two songs. So be very careful about people on the outside about sending, putting money on your loved one's wall phone because it, it costs so much to use these tablets. And um, it's just another form of another company um, um, eating off of our loved ones you know, at an alarming cost to our loved ones. So please be please be aware of that. And, Brother Bendu, man, thank you for all that information. Man, you gave out some valuable information tonight, brother, and I just want to say thank you and all the brothers that shared tonight, man. Y'all just keep fighting. When we fight, we win. And remember this, fellas, in order for us to win, we got to fight. And i peace with that. And y'all have a blessed night.
4: Peace, Bill, brother. Peace. Uh, I just wanted to close out with uh, a few of these shout-outs. I got um, other brothers behind the fence, man. I like to tap into the energy of the people. We got Brother Ken Ken, Free Ken Ken, Free Young Mazzy, Free Big Shiesty, CEO Slum, Ralph, Sean Carter, and Brother Rick saying these words to the people, man. He said, be the master of your own destiny. Shape and mold yourself to be the best you can be. And pass it on, man That's from your brothers in arms Your comrades behind the scenes Thank y'all for letting me share tonight Peace
5: Brother Alumba Yeah,
3: well, it's been another great show been Another great show We appreciate y'all Thanks to everybody listening on Um uh, Social media with us tonight. Like I said, we look for other people to help us so that we can start sharing from our social media platforms on Twitter. Which requires someone with Periscope. So if you got Periscope, you listening. You want to get involved in the movement. You don't have time to do a lot of other work. You don't have any money to donate or whatever. No problem. One thing we need you to do is turn that phone on, put it on live, and and, and uh, stream the video. Uh, out on a cross Twitter platform for us, and that's all we need. same thing with Instagram like if you want to help uh, that's an area where we have a needed. If you want to get more involved, get more in depth. email us at one national freedom movement at gmail.com We'll plug you into our network of conference calls, meetings, uh, planning and organizing put you into our Facebook groups so that we can start communicating on on a daily basis and just organize organizing and educating you know, and doing it properly and doing it around the United States. You know, starting right there in your own hometown, right there in your community. Start organizing right there and expand it out around the country and get with other organizers doing the same thing that you're doing because it's a new day behind the wall. Like we uh we 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 are up to par with the twenty first century and we up to the challenge and we organizing and uh we're gonna we're going you know we're gonna we're going we're gonna achieve this. We're gonna we're gonna finish this. So uh really do thank you and I appreciate it. We'll see you next Thursday. This is Live From the Plantation. Thank
5: you for joining. Remember you can find archived podcasts of Live From the Plantation at AbolitionToday.org Peace. This is Roz Shiloh,
10: slavery. Liberation is a must ay, 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 Oh, well now, yeah Slavery, oh slavery We still live in slavery Slavery, oh slavery, yeah Look around, it's still slavery Slavery won't provide a job Slavery job in Hungry families, feed hungry families. They took the chains from off our feet, yet our minds are still bound. Just like the boundaries in South Africa, they divided and conquered us all. That's why we Africans fall. That's why we Africans fall. Up down for the read makes it so appealing over there. no for them get rich and sweet. no for them get rich and sweet. I and I never get. Hey, 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 we must do the work, and you eat all the crap. Oh, uh, those kind of things, John knows they must stop. You feed one child, and you stop the other. Laugh away, my brother, and still raping my sisters We Africans.